0: Hello, beautiful souls and limitless beings. Welcome to the Shamanic Soul Sisters with your hosts, Maria Jingris and Samantha Shea, where the discussions are multidimensional, courageously imperfect, and dynamically empowered with wisdom, compassion, humor, healing, and love. Now, here are Maria and Samantha.
1: Hey, hey,
2: hey. Everybody, welcome back. This is episode 10. This is Samantha here from Branches of Vibrational Healing.
1: Hey everyone, you are lucky to get both of us in person this week. My beautiful business partner is visiting the West Coast, so we're happy to have you join us and we have quite the episode today. Today we're going to be talking about something that
2: we talk about every day, yet just not in an empowering way. So, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the different ways that our sacral chakra affects our energy. And I am not a rapper. But, (laughs) full disclosure. Uh, Today we're um, diving into the sacral chakra, which really houses the energy around sex, power, money, and our self-worth, as well as respect. And when we mean power... We mean the different classes of power, so social, economical, um, sexual, and political, yes, and as well as our, um, the issues around the dominance of relationships, personal and professional.
1: Yes, and I think it's important to kind of preface that the sacral chakra is really our energy center um, where we create. It's our seat of creation. Mm -hmm. And so as children, we normally have very active imaginations when we come into this world, right? A lot of us have imaginary friends. I know I did. Um, And often we are sort of shamed for it in a sense or basically told that it's all in our head, right? And now that I really understand connecting with energies that we can't necessarily see with our eyes, that my imaginary friends were probably just spirit connecting (laughs) with me. Um, At a very young age, but when you're told it's all in your head, you believe it's all in your head, and we start to kind of shut down that part of our brain, that creative side. And um, then we start housing all of these energies in our sacral chakra. And when our sacral chakra is dysfunctional or out of balance, we can fall into what's um, referred to as like a martyr kind of mindset, the martyr program. Which really just means that we tend to self-sacrifice and can often self-sabotage to meet the betterment or what we perceive to be the betterment of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of the people that I work with, um, they come with that mindset that they've, you know, that they've been the doer or they've been the giver their whole life, and they're burnt out, they're drained, right? Because what do we do? We give our energy. To everybody else, and we don't have a reserve for ourselves, and so that's where we can really start to fall into like having this lack of worth, this worthiness, and Mm -hmm. so as we grow up, we start to use things in the external to feed and validate that that feeling of worthiness. One hundred percent. And the
2: functional archetype of the sacral chakra is the emperor and press. But it's very hard for us to move into that energy, that that like compassionate warrior energy, when we don't realize that we've been in a state of sacrifice to try and feel accepted our entire lives. And with Maria talking about our imagination, like you could give a kid a box, and that kid could pretend it's a castle, a spaceship. Like it, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And the more people that tell you that's just a box, or like, oh no, play with this toy or that, or that it shuts down your imagination over time. And when you're young, as you know, we talked about it in a few episodes with epigenetics and everything. Up until seven, like your imagination is prime. Like the veil to spirit is so thin that like anything's possible, right? Like Mm -hmm. absolutely, you can be anybody you want. And when that becomes to be shut down you're like, nope, that's not realistic, that's not. Your sacral chakra is pulling that in so you can begin to like, all right, I'm going to look around and see, well, what are other people doing? Because that's that must be how you get accepted. That must be life. And so you go into the sacrifice of slowly removing your imaginary quote-unquote friends, right? Like, which is really just your spirit. It's spirit flowing through you, which is always <laughs> flowing through you. But you, your ego, your condition part starts to grow. And that's where like, The human aspect comes in, the reptilian brain comes in because now you're taking in other people's mannerisms, lifestyles, energies as your own. And so it's hard to become this emperor, empress. And so I feel like probably 98% of society, I mean, and sometimes we're still in the martyr complex too, is is literally in this martyr. And we're just going to jump right into some personal stuff because... All of all of the Seiko Chakra is about relationships, our relationships to money, everything. And so I remember when I was going through puberty, my parents, I didn't grow up with tons of money, but my parents always made sure there was food on the table, like everything. Like I, I can't complain about, I can't say that I didn't have a quote-unquote wealthy life, right? Um, but it was, I would go to Walmart to get sweaters and I was so excited for a school picture. But I started... developing breasts. I was probably like, I don't know, 11. And I remember going into school so excited, this pretty blue sweater. Now that I think about it, it's actually the texture of the sweater I'm wearing now. (laughs) But, um, and these boys who were popular started making fun of me saying, Sam, you have lumps in your sweater and pointing at me and making me feel like shit. And I didn't understand it. I was like, what do you, what? And so I went home and I felt so, so, ashamed and I didn't even know why I was like why are these people making fun of me and I eventually so I went home and I was like I'm cutting up this sweater I'm burning I was so mad I was like projecting at my mom because of me wearing this sweater I was like why didn't you tell me I had lumps in my chest and whatever so bullying really affects people that's for sure (laughs) um but as I got older in order to feel accepted I looked around at people who did have breasts and I was like, well, what are they doing, right? Like, how are they getting accepted and attention? And I was, it was very unconscious, but I began to use my body growing up as my weapon, as my tool to be accepted. And I didn't even realize it's what I was doing, but I was like, you know what? There's this, you know, role that women play in society and it's like sex sells, right? In And even though I always worked, like, two to three jobs, I, in order to get attention, I would use my body in the sense of, like, hey, like, flirting. You guys can't see me, but, like, flirting and really just using my energy to get what I want or whatever. And it sounds really bad when I say it out loud, but at that time, I didn't know what I was doing, Mm -hmm. right? I wanted to just feel love in some way. And as I grew up, I definitely used sex as something to fill a void. And it wasn't just the actual act of having sex, but it was how I dressed, and always making sure like, I wore something tight, or looked a certain way to fit a role, because I was like, well, that that's what makes people love you. And I still got cheated on, I still, you know, things still happened in my life, but I always had this shame that I never was pretty enough, I never was skinny enough, nothing. And I can't say that I was totally to blame to those boys that were making fun of me because later they tried getting literally in my pants. But I was like, hell no. (laughs) But they taught me something um, and I wouldn't be who I am now and have as much respect for myself now if one of those situations didn't happen or all of them along the way, right? But I did use my body and I worked in a strip club. I was a bartender in a strip club. Because I was trying to understand and understand the human behavior and how people like why does sex sell because it's not making people happy? It sure didn't make me happy it 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 made me sacrifice play that martyr a lot where I did fill voids to get pleasure from other people, but I was really a lot of times hurting people and just hurting myself um and I was hurting my creation I was hurting my self-expression and I was shutting down a lot of emotions and with our sacral chakra it's the water element and I'm going to let my little water girl here tell you about her boob story
1: (laughs) right (laughs) because I'm all water yes thank you Sam for being vulnerable and sharing that and, and being honest because really what you were doing like you're saying it was so unconscious and it really ties in with my belief of of the matrix and how we, you hear me say the word programmed, but we are. We're programmed to believe that sex sells. And obviously we're women, so you're getting a female's perspective of what it's been like to go through self-image issues and wanting to be pretty, but not wanting to be pretty. And where Sam was growing boobs, I was not, right? (laughs) So I was also bullied, but for the opposite reason, in exactly like the same age time frame too, when other girls um, in my class were developing, and I wasn't, right? Like literally, if like you could have concave boobs, that's probably what I had. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I was being like shamed by my peers. So instead of cutting up a shirt that's showing my boobs, I'm literally stuffing tissues in my bra because it was like all these other girls in my class were developing. And then it was like, what's wrong with me? They're getting all this attention. But yet there was still a part of me too, that literally has only ever wanted to be loved for who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all want to be loved for who we are, not what we look like. And I think that that's why we all have self-image is- like issues, whether mm-hmm. we are what society would say is overweight or if we're skinny, right? Like and I've talked about this with many different females that um are living in all different avatars and it's like we were bullied about sort of the same things, the same themes and how we express that trauma differently and it's yep. just so interesting to me like how we um, how we express these traumas differently, but the root, the root of it is still the same energy, this lack of, this lack of self-worth, right? Mm -hmm. And then craving that validation. So we, Sam used her body as like a tool to, to get attention and get that, that, um, that gratification from people, right? Where me, I was like ashamed of my body. I thought there was something wrong with it. And I've always been somebody that was on the skinny side, right? And growing up, um, I was shamed like that I ha- people thought I had like an eating disorder and I kid you not, I used to eat like a horse. I just had a very fast metabolism. <laughs> I really did. Like I could sit down and like probably out eat like an army sometimes. Like people would be shocked when they'd actually see me consume food because they're How do you eat all that? Where does it all go? You know, like, I don't know. I shit it out. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But I always had a fast metabolism, but yet I was shamed for that. Like, there were females that were threatened by my body. Meanwhile, me living in the body hated my body, right? So it's just, it's wild how. We perceive other people, we think they have it better. And at the end of the day, we're all walking around with a lot of shame. And that's that's an important energy to kind of talk about because that's what blocks that sacral chakra. So if we're living with this shame, we are blocking that creative flow, the energy that is meant to be birthed from that, from that energy center. And it's creation, mm-hmm. creation from a much higher vibration. But the matrix has literally... Used sex and manipulated it in a way that we, it's rooted really in trauma and fear. And so that's why we have a porn industry. That's why if you listen to rap music or any music, when you start to really listen to the words of stuff, it is programming us to believe that sex is love. But the sex that we've literally been programmed to operate from is all very low vibrational energy. And it's used in a way that we're trying to control people with it. So unconsciously. Yep. It, it's so, it's done so unconsciously because the programming happens so young. And it starts with Disney. And I mean, guess I'm going there. I'm not going to go full-blown Disney. Well, but... before you go there, how about
2: <laughs> we... Because that's, that's, that's a talker. But before we go there, let's just tell people where the sacral chakra is. Right? So the sacral chakra... Um, is right below our belly button. It's in the pelvic region. It's the second chakra. Um, it's quote-unquote orange. And it affects our lower vertebrae. It affects our bladder, our... Um, I was going to say our prostate, but we're females. But the whole, well, reprodu- men. <laughs> yes. whole reproductive system. Um, where else does it affect? Our know. lower back. Yep. And then...
1: Bladder, kidneys, reproductive organs, yep, everything
2: down below the belly button, basically. And it, so if you have any, oh, the, the colon, the intestines, so if you have any, um, let's say you get UTIs frequently or you have any um, bowel issues, if you, you know, have any sexual um, diseases or anything like that there's a dysfunction in your sacral chakra. It also affects sciatica. I know the root chakra does too, but it all is in the same area. Um, and if you, there's this whole thing of like PCOS and endometriosis and all of that of the women who are given birth control right away. All of these things that affect our sacral chakra because it's our seat of creation. And that's why they play on children, like Maria was about to go into Disney. But that's why they play on our us, because we're innocent. And as, as we're developing and we're getting older and our boobs start to grow or we start getting balls or, like, it's our hormones coming online, right? That's where society knows that they can get us and control us because all we want to do is be loved. <laughs> that's all we want. And so they attack our, I hate the word attack, but I mean, it's the truth. That's why mm-hmm. that's why the functional is the emperor, empress, Right they attack our seat of creation and our root chakra which was last week was is the survival in the family so like they they hit you in the three lower chakras the most to prevent you from believing in your spirit and your self-worth yep
1: yep and if you even look at the colors we talk about the colors of the chakra like how they're represented if you start to look out into the matrix and certain fast food restaurants like mm-hmm. They use all of these colors with intent, and there is an agenda. Like There is such an agenda behind everything that they use out there because it's all subliminal, right? Mm-hmm. It's all programming us. And I remember, I literally remember being in third grade in elementary school and learning about how Disney has subliminal messages in it. I, I rem- it's like I can literally go back to my classroom and like talking about other like peers with about it. Right. And like we thought it was funny. So that shows you how programmed you are already by that age, because we're like we were like looking for the word sex in the clouds and like, you know, the penis on the um, Little Mermaid or whatever, like all these things. I literally remember having conversations as kids about it. And we thought it was funny. We thought it was cool, right? So no wonder why when we become adults, like we are like sex crazed beings, but it's not from that true energy of creation that source creates from, that we as creators are meant to create from. It's from that very low vibration of how the system uses it to manipulate and control. Mm -hmm. And so here's Sam, you know, like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, not even realizing that's what she's doing. Like she doesn't even realize, oh my, now I'm going to use my body as a sense of control, right? Because I don't actually feel safe in it, but society tells me that this is, this is how females should show up in the world. So this is what I'm going to do, even though deep down it felt very disconnected to her, right? And so like for me... I, I went the other extreme. I was so afraid to have sex. Like I was so in fear of sex. Like I had such a negative perspective around it. And it wasn't until Sam and I were outside this morning talking about all of this. And I was like, Oh my God. Hello. (laughs) I just talked about it in the last podcast about how I was created. I was created through rape. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came in already imprinted with a, Belief around sex and that it's a bad thing and that it's something to be feared. So when I was in like high school when Most of my friends had already had sex like multiple times with people I was like I was like a make out slut We'll say like I liked (laughs) to make out with people and then that is literally like as far as I would go and then people would perceive me as a tease. I got labeled as a tease. And that's not what my intention was. It was just like, that's as far as I felt comfortable going and anything beyond that freaked. like I was so in fear. Mm-hmm. And then when I started going to a gynecologist, I was super in fear during my exams. Like I literally thought there was something so wrong with me and I had never been raped or anything. So it was like, what is wrong with my, like everything down there, right? Now that i understand energy it's like oh wow like that stemmed from from birth essentially and then just being programmed by a system that's telling me i'm supposed to look a certain way show up a certain way to be loved to be accepted and yet the bigger part of me was like i don't ever want to be loved and accepted because of how i look i want people to value me as the person in in the body as the soul that's in the body right i want my energy to be appreciated not my body but yet in 2011 I got a boob job right like talk about being a very confused individual it's like so I went and got boobs because I allowed that bullying from childhood to really cause such a deep insecurity in me so I felt like oh if I just get a boob job I'll like I'll feel better right and it's like it that didn't actually solve anything it didn't I mean it's done it's whatever but it's like that didn't solve any of that insecurity that deep deep rooted and then it's like as I reflect I'm like talk about being super confused so now I go and get boobs but yet I don't want to be looked at in society as something that's pretty or people are only coming to me because I'm pretty. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect time to segue into kind of your story about what it feels like to grow up in a society that is maybe would label us as pretty. Yep. Right. It's not all it's cracked up to be. No,
2: (laughs) it's not. It's like, it's like, Oh, you only did that. You only got that because you're pretty. But then it's also like girls against girls. Yep. It, and this, guys also have trauma here, okay? Absolutely. We're just giving the girls perspective, um, but guys are, are just equally trauma in their sacral chakra, equally. Um But growing up, like, I, using, quote-unquote, using my body for sex, it sounds really bad because I didn't, like, sell my body or anything, but, like, I did work in the industry of I need to make money quick so I can, you know, pay for school. And so I, I changed from you know, business and fashion, I wanted to go to school to be a nurse. So I was like, I, I need quick money to pay for class. So, because I always worked the two jobs, like I said. So I worked in the um, strip club. And so I saw how people literally sold their body from money. And I realized I was making more money being a bartender, fully dressed, people coming up and talking to me. I was making more money than a lot of the strippers. And I was like, there's something here. <laughs> What's happening here? Oh, there's a respect, something with respect here. And so while this is happening, I'm observing this world of just trauma. Um, I'm going into, I'm getting my uh, prerequisites for nursing. I'm in A&P, which is anatomy and physiology, one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. And my teacher, she um, would always mark me wrong, even though I'd have the same answers as other people. And I'm like, what is, what, what's going on? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to confront her. And cause one time I, I literally photographic remembered the words from the book. Cause I was like, there's, there's going to be a question on this. And I'm going to write my essay literally verbatim in the books. I'm not getting like, she's not going to do me wrong. Cause I was finally doing something that I'm like, I actually am smart, right? Like, wow. And I'm, I'm learning how to apply myself to something about the human body to understand the anatomy and physiology of a human body. When I always thought I wasn't smart enough um, because people would say, "Oh, you're pretty. You don't have to. You don't have to study like that. You're pretty. You'll get by. It's like you'll just marry someone rich. All of that, right? So condition, condition, condition. So, anyways, so the teacher still marked me wrong, gave me zero points for my essay, and I went up to her and I was pissed. And I was like, "Are you kidding? And I'm short of the book." And she's like, "Yeah, but that's not the answer I was looking for." So then I had to kids in the class who wrote the same thing as me she didn't mark them wrong so I knew that it was something against me because I heard her then in the hallway saying yeah that little blonde girl Samantha she thinks she can just blah 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 I'm like oh she's personally attacking me based on how I look not what I'm actually applying and doing and so it was like very ironic the world I was living in and then You know, I was in between relationships where there was a lot of cheating. I had my first cancer scare because I saw a wart down there on one of my labias. Thought I had herpes and general warts from the guy cheating on me. But it was really, like, um, cancer forming. Because I was so in my shit down there that, like, I wasn't... I was doing all of these things to feel worthy... And, like, growing up and trying to be seen by people that raised me that, like, I developed, like, this cancer thing down there. And with Maria talking about being in fear of sex, we we were saying, because it doesn't just happen in this life, guys. Like, our drama comes from parallel lives and past lives, whatever you wish to believe in. But it, it's, it's imprinted in us. And literally year and a month ago when I was, I just had the surgery for the other cancer on my stomach. I was getting Reiki by three girls, which I mentioned last podcast. And I was like, all right, spirit, I allow myself to fully receive love and to release all of these, the the sexual and fear-based trauma in my body. I remember saying that. Well, guys, watch what you wish for because my... (laughs) I'm laying on my Reiki table in my nice, comfy Zen room with three lovely, lovely girls around me doing energy work on me. But I am immediately brought in my mind's eye. I'm in a church, and I'm laying on this silver table. And in front of me is this light, like this window, and there's an owl on top of it. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm safe. And the three girls that were in my room doing Reiki on me were my sisters in that life. And they were... Um, I was wearing this white thing, and it was, like, some ceremony for me and, the, like, my gifts and, like, me sharing love with the world, something like that. And our father came in, and actually it was a sacrifice to his version of a god, or some people refer to a devil or whatever. I don't really believe in the devil, but his his belief, right, he sacrificed me because saying that... I was some form of like a fallen angel. I was too pure. So he took a dagger and rammed it right into my lady parts and up. And I was, I jumped up. The girls that, that were doing Reiki, i like, are hey, you okay? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. But, so he was targeting my center of creation because that's what made me pure. And that was profound because I was like, wow, I've been using that area, up until the last few years, as a way to be accepted by the man, by the father. Not my personal dad, but like, my dad's lovely. But like, that father, that life, and then all of the lifetimes, and Maria and I have had many together where we've been punished or killed for being in our self-expression for being in our state of quote unquote witchiness, as people would say, or really doing healing like herbs and showing people love and shifting their energies, we've been killed in other lives. So no wonder why in this life, there's, they're playing again on the sex role of the female. Like if you don't look this way, if you don't have this many Instagram followers, you're not successful. So that's the power piece, right? Absolutely, and that's what we we're trying to build our business with. Not with the opposite of tension, intention of that power. We're trying to bring in the creation of love, and we hope that everyone who works with us and, and communicates with us feels that because we're not here to be shoved down anymore. We're not here to be controlled and manipulated. We're here to create and to be our badass selves, and like know that sex is okay. But, like, sex in the way that it's, like, I, I am a female, you're a male, or whatever you call yourself, and that's okay. Whatever you look like, that's okay. Like, and let's work with that. Like, let's embrace all of it. Rather than, like, oh, you're skinny. Oh, you're too fat. Right? Like, no. Oh, you're too pretty, so... I'm gonna have a hate towards you and give you bad grades, or I'm gonna actually give you a pass. Oh, this was another thing. I had a teacher. I'm not gonna say their name. It was a male. I was not doing good in the class, and I was flirting. It was like one of those times, and um, he liked me, so he let me pass. Mm, Just remember that one, and so I also used that as a as something, and I it. Also hurt me having relationships with females, trusting relationships, because either they would think that she's gonna sleep around, or even if, even if I didn't sleep around, they assumed because I'm pretty, and they call her a tease. I was I was called a tease even if I was doing stuff. I was still because if you don't if you don't sacrifice yourself for someone else's pleasure, then you're a piece of shit basically.
1: Yep. (laughs) And that's how so many of us fall into doing things in a sexual manner that don't feel good to us. And I've talked to a lot of people between my coaching, between readings, and just starting to talk more deeply with other females about this. Because I'll be honest, like Sam and I didn't even start talking about sex till probably like the last year because that just shows you how uncomfortable of a topic. That's why when we started, it's like, let's talk about something that nobody actually really wants to talk about in a deep way. We talk about it surface level matrix way, right? Mm-hmm. Like sex cells, and we, we because again, that's how we're programmed. But none of us can really actually talk about this like in, in like a deep aspect, a deep way. Yeah. And the irony is, is that it's meant to be such a deep experience. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's such, it's meant to be such a soul level creator, co-creator type of an experience, but yet we don't know that because we've never really operated from that before. And so I've talked to a lot of, you know, different people, most all females, like don't ever have this conversation with men (laughs) because it's, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable for, it was uncomfortable for me to start kind of digging in my sacral chakra issues. Like as I started doing healing on myself and I kept hearing all these spiritual teachings about how you have to like harness your sexual energy. That is actually your creator. That is your, and I'm like, what? Like that that seems like not right, right? Because again, I had this perspective that like sex is bad and it's not, it's, it's truly meant to be meant to be a sensual experience. It's Mm -hmm. meant to be actually very meditative. But Mm -hmm. again, because we are intending and operating from a lower vibration of fear and trauma, it's never felt that way. So I've always had this perception that it's bad. And um, this also goes into um, what Sam was saying. She had an experience with her teacher, like getting, you know, bad grades because she's pretty. I... Worked for a company a few years ago, probably six or seven years ago, and um, had females on my team that felt threatened by me because of how I looked. Even though, like, I never tried to ever come across that way. I never tried to be the pretty girl. I never was like seeking um, seeking attention. Like I was, I went the opposite trauma response as she did. Like I was like, please don't anybody pay attention to me. Like don't mm-hmm. don't like look at me like that. Right see me for me, don't see me for this avatar that I'm renting in this, in this lifetime, <laughs> like legit. So I was part of a team that we, we did auditing and like we produced, right? And so it was all about money. And I was sort of seen as a threat when I came onto this team because I was good at my job and I was attractive. Mm-hmm. So next thing I know, I'm getting pulled into like the director's office Basically, saying that people in the office were accusing my manager, pretty heavy accusations, yeah. that he was sexually harassing me and favored me because of how I looked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which didn't happen. You didn't Correct. You. Correct. Because I also at that point in my life would have had enough of a voice that if I worked anywhere and I felt uncomfortable, like I may have still been very insecure at that point in my life, but that would not have flown. Like I wouldn't have <laughs> continued to go to work, right? Or I wouldn't have, like that just wouldn't have been okay. So I get pulled in and I even remember like the director feeling uncomfortable because it was a male even talking to me about it. And he was pretty much like, like, we have to check it. Like, is this happening? Because if it is, like, we need to know. And, and do, you, uh, do you ever feel uncomfortable? And I'm like, seriously? I'm like, so I'm being pulled in here because I'm good at my job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fe- And I said this to him, I'm like, and the females on my team feel threatened by that. So they're concocting serious accusations against our boss. And he was like, yeah, I, I know, I know. It's like he knew, but he had to follow up, right? Mm-hmm it was so uncomfortable for me to work with my then boss afterwards because now we both knew that people went and made this accusation and so it i didn't end up staying on that team much longer i ended up getting a different job within the company and not in real but it was it that just made everything so uncomfortable for me and brought up all of my issues with females my whole life this this they felt threatened by me because of how I looked. I dealt with that when I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I dealt with that, it like, it, and it's like, I'm not trying to look or be any, I'm literally just trying to exist, people. And yet I feel targeted all the time by my own kind, females. And so it caused me to have a lot of trust issues with females and I had a huge wall up. So I became much more of a, I wanna hang out with boys. Like my whole high school, I had mostly guy friends because I did not trust females and I just felt like they were catty and manipulative and at least I felt like with boys you kind of know where you stand right but there was so you think huh so you think yeah well (laughs) your your experience is a little bit different but in my world that's how it was and so but there was always an aspect when I can reflect back that even though I was friends with them, there was always a, this weird energy of like, or somebody would say, you know, they want, they want to be like, they want to I mean. get with you. They want to get with you. And it's like, wait, so no, like now I can't even be friends with boys because I'm attractive or because the boy is attractive. Like we can't just like be two humans that like have yes. things in common. And now everybody outside of us is creating this, oh, that's just because they want to sleep with you. And it's just like, so then that becomes the reality of it. And then Mm -hmm. everybody involved becomes very uncomfortable because the rooted intention was never that, right? But because of how we're programmed and how we are, we are programmed by Disney. Like, we are. And why wouldn't they use something that is on the outside, something so wholesome, right? To manipulate us. And that's where I, I... always go back to... I'm not saying Disney's all bad. Literally everything on this earth plane has light and dark. It's duality. But we have believed that these things that have this wholesome, pure, innocent um, facade is that's all that it is. But it's not. There's so much subliminally going on there that that is programming how we perceive the world to be. So then when we're adolescents, young adults... We don't even, we can't even comprehend that, like, you can't just have a friendship with the opposite sex. There has to be something, there has to be something more involved than that. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something that you've experienced being friends with boys.
2: Yeah, well, you nailed it. So it's like, I have always, I gravitated more towards guys too. because I was like, oh, they accept me. It's not catty. They're not judging me. But really, I heard the same stuff. They just want to be in your pants. They want to do this. They want to do that. And I was like, no, and I would get angry because it would always be girls saying it. Or it would be other guys who were trying to get in my pants who didn't want me being friends with other people. And I'm like, I can't just, like, be. I can't just sit down and have a conversation with somebody without there being something sexual. So even though I, you know, except, and I had shame around my body, too. Like, and I remember just being like, so you're telling me if I was, like, this six-foot, like, heavy, fat person, then they would be my friend and not just try and get in my pants well yeah like that's okay that's so wrong that's so wrong so this avatar is a problem and it's like no and what maria and i have learned is like no we have to use our body in a way that's like energetically comfortable for us so like i now wear sweatpants out like yeah i still put on makeup because i i like to do that like it's it's not because i'm like trying to hide anymore who i am It's like, I like to put on some mascara and stuff, and I like to wear sweatpants, and I don't don't give a F anymore if people are staring at me when I go out, because I've learned to embody me, but it took a long time. And going with relationships, because of the the male, it's like, ah. so I was working with this client, I'm just gonna say it, I was working with this client who I really had to sit with myself because it's nerve-wracking to work with males sometimes because of these beliefs beliefs that I'm like how can I teach this person I'm a female but like I have no problem working with a girl but I also must tell you I do get intimidated when there is a pretty girl that wants to work with me cuz I'm like cuz they, are they judging me oh my god if I tell them that their hair looks pretty are they going to think I'm a lesbian like I'm, like there's just all these things that come through that I'm like I need to work on this like why are these thoughts coming up right and it's not because I'm judging them. I'm like trying to like see like where all of these programs are and these beliefs that have made me not be able to show up fully for myself and in relationships with people. And so when I started working through that and I let my guard down and I realized like I can be someone's coach, I can be someone's friend and not have it be anything sexual. Like I can be. And that it was so freeing to me. And so now, like, I just look at people, like, light. Like, I don't I don't even see people's skin color, their race. I see none of that. Like, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what any of that is. I care about you and your spirit. And, like, that's what I care about. And that's what I see when I talk to people. And so um, the, one of the clients, when we were done working, he just blocked me and stopped talking to me. And I was like, it hurt me because I... Was working through a bunch of stuff to like show up not just for him for many people so i was like what did i do wrong and i was like whoa here i am going back into that martyr right i was like i didn't do anything there's there's other layers there that i don't need to it's not for me to know right now right and so it was very hurtful to me because it was like I finally like have a friend that's a guy, right? That doesn't wanna, you know, and then like but I have other friends. I have other clients that are guys and I have other friends that are guys. So I was like, "Yes." So it was like another layer of awareness coming forth for me. Um because it was something I dealt with my entire life. And last year I was going to this older man. What was he like 70 something? contacted me. He was a vet. Like he was old old innocent man who like Literally was coming to me because he wanted a shaman and he couldn't find one in the area, and he didn't want me going to his place. So I was like, "You can come. You can come to me. It's fine." But there was a whole debacle around it, fear around fear to protect me, like of working with them. They're, they're going to do something to you. You're a pretty female. It's like so. Once again, I'm not being seen as me. I'm being seen of my looks. So if I put a paper bag on my head, that's okay. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh my God, Nip Talk. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Nip Talk. Yep. Yeah. That well, yeah.
1: That, that, was that a show messed was up show.
2: Yep. And I would watch it with my dad,
1: and I was like, Oh wow,
2: dad. Oh yeah, that was <laughs>
1: super uncomfortable. <laughs> super. <laughs> yeah, that show. Yeah, but perfect example of mm-hmm. how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hollywood TV. It's it's literally feeding that paradigm. That that mm-hmm. low vibratory sex paradigm yeah but yet we've made it so normal that's the whole thing of it is that we actually think that that's all normal Mm -hmm. and
2: i'm just thinking about the movie shrek and beauty and the beast because i think that like my childhood parts are protecting me in the most beautiful way because they they i literally don't remember a lot of childhood movies or any of that like i'm just like oh that happened in that movie so when i watch them now i'm like whoa, thanks parts for protecting me from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Shrek, you have these, I think they're cute, but like people would say they're ugly, like these dinosaurs, I don't even know what they are. But they're like big and they're they're together and they have a family and they, it's funny. And I'm like, I love that movie. They're like, you know, and then you have Avatar, right? And then, but like Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast, they they want to heart, they want, is that Belle? Yeah, Belle, right? Is that her name? Okay. <laughs> See? Um... She's she's innocent and pretty, right? And she's supposed to marry that douchebag guy, and but she falls in love with the beast who has an imaginary place that he lives in, right? Like he, dancing candlesticks, like that's that's so cool. And I think it's sorry. I think in the dresser talks, I mean, like you have dancing teacups, that's freaking awesome. Um, but like people shamed him because of what he looked like, and then he his his anger and rage made him grow into this big beast. But like she saw the beauty in him and like, that's what life, that's what quote unquote sex is. Like seeing the beauty in somebody and loving that. Like that's sex and it goes into, let's go into Fifty Shades of Grey, shall we? With that movie. Yeah, that's not a Disney movie, but it should be. I'm just kidding, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, just kidding, parents, no. Well, it pretty much is yeah. if you break down
1: all the Disney movies and really see the hidden messages behind them all, <laughs> For sure.
2: But Fifty Shades of Grey was one of those movies where, like, I'm not a big, I'm not a porn person at all. I think it's very degrading, probably from me being in the um, working in the strip club. Actually, when I was 16 years old, I went to California with one of my former friends, and. Her dad, her stepfather, somebody had a bunch of porn. And I remember me and her, like, what is this? And watching it. And I remember feeling so dirty. And like, this is, this is terrible. And so that's definitely where that trauma came from. Just realized that. And, um, so when I watched Fifty Shades of Grey, what made me, quote unquote, people would say horny, what made me excited about that movie? Because I never read the books Maria has. Um, was the story, was him being in this power control role of lots of money, fast cars, big business. He fit, he fit the image of success, right? Except he was miserable inside. He didn't know how to love himself. He didn't know how to love anybody else. He was with this woman who taught him this dominatrix of sex, which he thought was love. So play on parts, right? Because he was younger and he was, I think he was, going through puberty and stuff too when that happened, wasn't he like in a six, 16 or something? And then he meets this woman who's like a little like, huh? Ah. And she then starts getting her voice and tried playing a role, didn't like it, stood in her power and then they fell in love. And I, and I was like, that is sex right there. Like the story, right? Cause you're seeing both, you're, you're now taking the facade away, right? And you're seeing the person's soul and you're you're working through it, you're communicating. And you're like, I don't like that about you. So if you want to be with me, like this is what needs to change. That is building that emperor and empress relationship because you're honoring what you need and what makes you happy. And you're speaking that to the other person, right? And growing up, when you're given gifts in replace of presents, so replacing presents with presents, that is a that is a mind f in itself because then you start to equate love with gifts and that's something i've also done that people really just want me to be there i'm like well i'll send you a gift because i can't show up like um because my my parents growing up god bless them but they would always give me tons of gifts on christmas and all these because it was like i don't i it was out of love like they wanted to give it to me but I know now that it was also because they were trying to make up for the emotional energy of being there right and I became like kinda bratty when it came to certain gifts (laughs) where um, I know like there wasn't a lot of joy in it anymore and now when Maria was talking about it like now we make we make gifts for people and we put our love and creation into it, which speaks so much more than like, here's a Fendi bag. Like, I don't even know what Fendi, if you gave me a Fendi bag, I wouldn't know if it was real or fake because I don't care. Um, And I know many, many, many girls that I went to high school with and grew up with, as well as working in oncology, a lot of women, men too, um, who live in a very material world where if you don't have this or that, that you're not good enough. And they have a lot of ovarian cancers, prostate cancers, rectal cancers, um, how to have hysterectomies, PCOS, so much of the sacral chakra. Because if you think of, um, where do you hold weapons, right? You hold it in your belt. You hold it down there. So when you're trying to protect your emotions and you, 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 like as a baby, right? As a fetus, you come down into that area and you squeeze into it and so when you're growing up and you're trying to fill this emotional void with material things, you're now like bringing that energy into that place because you're trying to protect it. So if you put on weight in that area or you get disease in that area, look at, look at your material world. Look at your, what are you valuing in life? Are you valuing the rainbows and the, the little birdies and all that? Or are you like, I need that diamond necklace. Like I need that material thing so I'll feel better. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make you feel better it, it's a it's a band-aid unfortunately
1: yeah and it that's what blocks our creative flow mm-hmm. and we'll get into this we'll probably do a couple episodes um, covering the sacral chakra because it really goes into us creating co-creating this business too mm-hmm. and when I was really starting to listen to these different sort of spiritual perspectives of stepping into that sacral chakra and like you're stunting your own spiritual growth if you don't dive into that and really see what the energy of creation is you're you are you're holding yourself back and it's like well shit i'm trying to co-create this business that's the last thing i want to do i want to keep stepping into that creative flow but it's first recognizing how that creative flow was stunted. And that goes back to, again, like we were very imaginative as kids, but the system played on that. They know exactly what they're doing when they are trying to pull us out of that that energy, right? And so we first have to see um, where, as kids, where did we stop creating Mm -hmm. from from love, from that limitless potential? We start, when we started getting very attached to the material worlds. Like, right down to the Madonna song, Material Girl. Like, it's, but it's true. And she's, um, unfortunately, one of the um, puppet masters or whatever you want to call it. But it's, again, it just shows you how it literally is in everything. It's Mm -hmm. in all of the music. It's in all of the TV. It's in everything, right? For instance, we started off with, let's talk about sex, baby. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that... All of that. And it's, again, it's it's being driven by material things, right? And so Sam and I meet a lot of people that feel like they are not manifesting or they're mm-hmm. not creating, right? Mm-hmm. And we are creator beings and we're energy. We're always creating. We're always manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. But it's because from that ego perspective, we're not creating or manifesting what we want. Why are we not getting the money? Because you're we're still trying to create from a mindset of lack. So again, we're still seeking something external and physical outside of us to fill that void, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we are co-creating this business, our intention is not, it's not money driven. We have an inner standing now of money and that it's an energy exchange and that when we are serving humanity for their highest and best, we are deserving. We are worthy of receiving an equal exchange, right? So I don't look at money as a bad thing. It's it's energy, right? But when we are doing things for money, yep, we're actually
2: creating from fear. Or we're doing something for to get someone else's approval of us for decisions we make that are for us, right? Mm-hmm. If other people have fear it affects our decisions and then how we show up in the world because now we're letting that influence affect what we want to do. Exactly.
1: And that's where, to me, like you hear people saying, selling their soul. That's literally what I feel like selling your soul means. Mm-hmm. It just means you're not being true to you. It means you're betraying your truth, your, Creation. your creations, your desires to meet the needs of somebody else. There's that martyr, right? Mm -hmm. There's that martyr program, the dysfunctional sacral chakra. We are making ourselves small. We are diminishing or minimizing our own beliefs, our thoughts, our empowerment to be validated by someone else or the external world. So it's, we have really stunted our creative flow, Mm -hmm. By living in that very limited, um, matrix mindset of that. We need things outside of us to feel successful, to feel worthy. And so as she and I are creating this business, we are so aware of energy now, like to the extreme. And it's like, all right, we know we need quote unquote money to grow the business, to be able to reach more people. That's our intention. We want to, we want to meet meet as many people as we can that want, that are going to benefit from our services, that are going to feel empowered, right? So we know we need money, but the intention that's driving this business is not money. So we're trusting. It's like what Sam said last week. We don't really know every month what we're going to make. We have no clue. Some months are great. Some months are like, yeah, okay, <laughs> right? But it's like, but can we still trust this? Because we know we're creating from a heart-centered space. We are connecting with our soul that has a mission or has many missions to create here. And so it's being able to trust that and not keep getting pulled into the material world that is always dangling carrots in front of our eyes all the time. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times lately I seem to be getting these nursing jobs sent to me. um, All the time. That five, ten years ago I would have jumped on and been like, yes. And it's like, for half a second it's wild how the ego will come in and like well, like maybe if I just did that for like three months like then I could like get some really money in my bank account and put it towards the business and it's like no don't do that
2: I've had the same <laughs> I've had the exact same thoughts it's
1: like what yeah yeah and now I'm
2: like you know what the more I stay in aligned with me and I listen to me the more of the abundance of creation comes and the more I want to create, the more people I reach that I can share my word with and share this seat of soul of emperor and empress energy with. Yes. And so stay tuned for part two of this because we're going to dive even more into um, all of this sexual energy because it's really like,
0: Mm.
2: it's why we're here. We're here to create a world of love and acceptance and not from lack. So we love you so, so much, and we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode.
1: We'll see you on the other side. Thanks.
0: We appreciate you so much for listening to today's episode of Shamanic Soul Sisters. We hope you continue to tune in weekly. We trust that you received what was most needed for your highest and best with today's episode. Remember, you are limitless and to pause each day to take a couple of moments for you you are worthy and wonderful just the way you are thank you again and see you on the other side